Welcome to the MK Perspective. This is a podcast where three missionary kids talk about missionary kid-related stuff. Daniel, Sean, and Taylor all grew up in East Africa in the homes of church-planning missionary families, and all three share the same burden for ministry in East Africa. Having grown up in a different culture than their parents, and having been involved in ministry both in East Africa and the United States, the guys are equipped to share a unique perspective on missionary kid life, missions work, and ministry in general. Join the conversation now on today's episode of The MK Perspective. Welcome and Karibuni Sana Katiga, this episode of The MK Perspective. This is Sean, I'm here with Taylor, and um, Daniel, our friend, is not able to join us today. He's actually out sick, battling some sort of strange American disease that he picked up (laughs) from somewhere in the wilds of the U.S. Of course, MKs get that thing all the time where they assume all the weird diseases come from Africa. Uh, I find that most of the strange ones are actually stateside, <laughs> at least the yes. ones that I get. <laughs> That's very true. So we're praying for Daniel, and we hope he gets better soon. And uh, so in light of that, we're actually going to, we had in mind to do Daily Life Part 2 for this episode, but we're actually going to wait till he's back with us to be able to finish up that topic. So today, we are going to be talking about transitioning back to the states now taylor you and i talked about this a little bit before we got started here um are we going to be talking about transitioning back to the states in general anytime we come back to the states whether it's furlough or coming back off the field or are we specifically talking about coming off the field yeah so we've had a lot of requests just to talk about you know help for mk's transitioning from wherever country they are back into the U.S. And uh, there's really quite a bit that we could cover in all of that. So uh, we're probably going to do in the future some podcasts on how to transition from being an MK into going into college, how to be an MK transitioning from the field to furlough, uh, different tips for that. Uh, But for this episode, I think we're mainly just going to focus on um, whether you're coming back for college, whether you're coming back just for furlough or for a visit. Uh, we're going to focus on, you know, just some help, helpful tips on transitioning that first month. So you're on the field, your family or yourself, you come back uh, from the field, you're in the United States. And what are some helpful things that you could do in that first month that would really help make that a smooth transition? So what, regardless of whether you're coming home on furlough, maybe you're actually coming off the field for good. And um, a lot of times it's challenging to as a missionary kid to you've been in your uh, for lack of a better term host country where Mm -hmm. you have been living and working for myself it was tanzania for you it was kenya Mm -hmm. and you're kind of in that world and there's people around you there Um, you're in your church there and all the things that are going on over there and then suddenly in a matter of hours all of a sudden you're in a completely different world and right. that is one of the challenges from moving from one world to the other world. And um, all of a sudden, there's different people in your life. There's different faces. There's different activities going on. And I, I found uh, you might 
relate with this some, but I found for myself that it was challenging coming back in the States because we would get, get involved in our home church. And that was great. I was always excited to get back involved in our home church, but everyone's older. Everyone's, uh, you know, got different things going on. And it's like a, it's almost like you, you move forward in time from the last time that you were there, right? Last time you were at church, you know, there were these people and this was going on and your friends were this age and then you left and then you came back and it's almost like a a time leap, right? So, right. Absolutely. Or you come back and, uh, you know, there's different people that were at church last time you were there and now they're not there and maybe they were your close friends and um, yeah, exactly. People move on with life now that you've gone and now they have to readjust to having you back there. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this. I'll ask you this question and you can answer and then I'll maybe add some thoughts. Um, that first service that you're back. Okay. Let's say just for sake of illustration that you hop on the plane, it's Thursday, you get back, it's, you know, it takes you whatever time difference included, wherever you are in the world, it could take, you know, who knows, anywhere between 24 and 48 hours to get back to the States. You get off the plane, your first Sunday back, you walk into the service, describe a little bit what that's like from the MK perspective, walking into service for the first time in three years. Right. Yeah, that can be a, a pretty overwhelming, um, yeah, especially if it, your church is, you know, missions minded and they keep up with you. They read your reports and are uh, praying for you. They the church is usually very excited to have, you know, the missionary family back and you could be excited to be back. Uh, but there's definitely a, a lot of mixed emotions. You know, you're missing home. You're still trying to figure out where uh, your belt is that you know, you pack somewhere and you can't find your belt. So I remember going back to church and, you know, you have, you're missing your belt or something like that. So there, there's a lot of insecurity, I think, for a lot of MKs coming back that first Sunday. They want to make a good impression. There's just a lot of crazy uh, emotions, I guess, that could be going on. And so, yeah, that first Sunday can definitely be a bit overwhelming. You walk in the door and everybody's expecting you usually. And so, uh, everyone wants to greet you, give you hugs, and ask you all sorts of kind of questions. And you just have to be ready for that. And, uh, you know, don't think of that as a bad thing, because really, you're doing a lot of ministry that first Sunday back to that church. You know, you're giving up a report, maybe your family is giving a report about what God's doing. And that really pulls the whole church's attention back towards missions in a very powerful way. Um, so it can definitely be a bit overwhelming, I think, uh, but that really is a, a special ministry opportunity that for, so if you go in with that mindset, um, you know, you haven't left the ministry behind when you left your, uh, your mission field country, uh, you really just started on a whole new phase of ministry. So I think if you have that mindset that you're going in to, to be a ministry and to be a blessing to your home church, you know, as when the focus isn't on you, you don't feel so overwhelmed. And you don't feel like uh, you're being bogged down or something like that. So keeping that ministry focus in mind, I don't know, Sean, if that sounds good to you, but oh, absolutely, I, I think that might be a really helpful thing. Um, you know, yeah. you're there to be a blessing to the church. And that is a mindset. I think that it would be tremendously helpful for um, any missionary kid to have. Now, I, I, I'll, I will admit it's not a mindset that I really had uh, when, when I would come back to our home church. Um, like yeah. I can't remember thinking in that way. Um, 
I think yeah, myself either. You know, that's something I've thought back on, but that's not definitely something that I didn't have myself coming back. Right. And I don't think I understood that dynamic of when our family returns, um, we are being seen for the first time in however long it was, three, four, five years, sometimes longer. And so mm-hmm. I like what you said. Um, it's, uh, it, it's an opportunity for the church to be reminded about missions and to kind of put their focus back on missions and um, how the Lord, you know, sends people out and you're returning to your home sending church. So that's great for the for the church to see, you know, I, I, now that we're talking about it, I can remember sometimes um, people coming up to us and, and saying how much they appreciated us. And um, mm-hmm. I remember specifically one conversation where um, it was this lady came up to me and was saying, you know, I just really appreciate you guys. Like, like I like all missionaries, but I really like you guys because, you know, you are our missionaries. You came out of our church and, and I just really like the fact that you are our missionaries. And that made me feel really special and appreciated. Um, I guess um, it would have been helpful if I had had that mindset of this is my church. I've been to a lot of churches, but this is my church. And, you know, I'm a part of this church. I've been sent out of this church. My family has. And -hmm. to have that ministry mindset that you're coming in. Um, Of course, I didn't understand it at that time. Um, And so I think that would be a great thing for missionary kids to keep in mind is when you're with that, maybe that first Sunday you come off the field. And you enter back into your home church that your family came out of, understand that you can be used of God in the different interactions that you have, even if it even if you're not trying. Like you you may just be having normal conversations with people, mm-hmm. but God can still use that even when you're not really trying to um, be, be like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're not really trying to minister. God can still use you to minister uh, just in your normal interactions as you're filled with the spirit so that's that is a tremendous point just on a practical note um you know it is going to be an overwhelming sunday and um as much as you can try to plan ahead for it um i i think a lot don't really plan ahead for the first sunday um and then they get to sunday morning like panicked everyone's trying to unpack their luggages and find their clothes and get together and just trying to get to make make it on church on time and so, especially yeah. if you're an older sibling, you know, maybe you have a family and you're an older sibling or whatever you can do to help your family get ready, you know, like Saturday night, get everything laid out, you know, um, just try and be as much of a blessing to your family so that you guys can all go there and be kind of prepared, you know, think ahead. What do I need to get ready uh, Sunday night? What do I need to get ready on Sunday morning? Um, try to, if you plan ahead, usually that helps relieve a lot of the stress and you come in feeling prepared and confident. Yes, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Did you uh, dress the same way in the United States for Sunday as you did in Kenya? Um, more yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, a definite no for me. (laughs) Yeah. Depending on where you are, what mission field you are. I know like where you guys are at, um, you know, nobody maybe wore ties and it was a lot more laid back uh, because that's what everyone else was wearing, you know. Uh, for our church in Kenya, because it, it was more westernized and stuff, a lot of the people in our church and us included will wear a, a tie, maybe a suit every, every once in a while. And, you know, if you're in a mission field in Europe or some parts of Asia or whatever, that might be the case for you, too. Uh, so in Kenya, I didn't really care what I wore. I just throw a tie on, throw a shirt on, be like, oh, that looks good go to church but then in america it's like oh man does this match you know is my tie the right length and all that (laughs) you got to make sure your shirt is tucked in just right you know just pull the edges out just a little bit so it overlaps you know over the belt you know (laughs) 
Exactly. I mean, when uh, Sunday mornings for us, it was uh, jeans and a collared shirt and, you know, dirty tennis shoes. That was Sunday morning. Yeah. That was nice, <laughs> you know, but that's that. <laughs> and, and, and other people thought that was nice, too. And so right. when I came back, that was part of that overwhelming uh, factor of like, man, I got to wear a, a suit. Like, I, I don't think I had a whole suit until I was a teenager. Like I know a lot of kids grew up in church and they have like different suits and stuff, but I don't think I had a suit coat even until I was like <laughs> 13 or 14. So yeah, I don't think I had a full for, yeah. So I was a mid teenager probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's your first Sunday then. Um, what are some tips? Um, because a lot of um, missionaries that get sent out have kids who, when they're home in the States, they try to get involved in the youth group a little bit. So my mm-hmm. church had a youth group, and that was one of the things I actually looked forward to quite a bit when I came back to the States. Let's think about some things that might be helpful getting involved uh, in a youth group, especially, so kind of what you were saying earlier, um, when we leave, some people leave the church, and so some of those uh, friends that might have been mm-hmm. your age when you left um, are no longer in the church. You're coming back to some of the same people in the youth group, but some are gone and others are here. So what does that look like? And how do we get into that? Right. Um, well, when you come back that first Sunday, it's important to keep in mind the church is going to really think um, they're going to really try and treat you special. And so uh, you, you definitely can't think they're going to treat you like that every Sunday. Right, uh, you yeah. can't fall into that trap because <laughs> uh, as once you've been there a couple Sundays, you know, even by the end of that first month, you've been back. Um, they're going to be they're going to be used to you being there, and they're not going to be asking you as many questions, and uh, you're going to become a familiar face really quick. And so don't don't feel like everyone has to cater to you. Um, keeping mm. that ministry mindset really does help. So if you're going into your youth group, um, you know, don't don't expect the youth group to think you're the cool guy all the time just because you're an MK, you might be the center of attention that first Sunday back. But after that, in a, in a youth group, especially that's going to fade off really fast. And, yeah. Especially uh, if you, uh, if you're a weird homeschooler, like I was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's going to fade off really quick. Um, so I guess don't, don't expect people to cater to you or to think you're something special. I know for me um, growing up in, in Africa, people always thought of me as the cool guy, no matter how tacky my clothes may have looked or whatever just because I was the American, um, you know, I was always thought of as, you know, the leader, the, the cool guy or whatever. Um, that may be different depending on where you grew up. You might be considered a foreigner, an outsider. I don't know. I've heard that in Asian countries, it might be harder uh, for them to accept you and stuff like that. Yeah. So where I grew up, um, I was always the cool guy, no matter what I did. And so when you come back to the youth group, don't, don't always expect people to think of you as something better than you are. Right. Um, and um, again, keeping that ministry mindset, you're you're in that youth group to help that youth group draw closer to God and to be used and uh, to grow, you know. So, you know, make sure you're out soul winning with your church, trying to get other people involved in your church and see people saved. And uh, don't focus so much on on trying to fit in and don't focus so much on trying to impress other people, because uh, when you do that, everything you do, you're going to feel insecure and, and all that. So uh, don't, don't make your focus trying to fit in or trying to be the, the cool guy or whatever. Right. But at, at the same time, 
you know, don't make it your focus to, to not be cool or to not fit in. <laughs> I know I've yeah. seen some, <laughs> some MKs or whatever, you know, they come back and they're just like, everything they do is obviously like trying to show that they're different than everybody else. And that's not yeah. the response to have. That's yeah. just as much proud, um, you know, the other way, because you're still trying to get attention to stuff. Um, so I, I think some tips for you as you go back, uh, I think especially if I'm talking to teens or young people going back into their home church, um, if you've had friends before, really go out of your way uh, to rebuild those friendships. Um, they, they may not know how to relate. They may have had some hard things that they've gone through in the past few years that maybe you don't know about, whatever the case may be. Uh, but a good friendship really depends on you going out of your way and making sure that friendship is built up. And so don't expect them to be the ones to come and really do all the work on building a friendship. You take that initiative. You go build those friendships. If there's new people, go out of your way to uh, build friendships with those people. Uh, don't try to be a click person, you know. One trap that I found myself falling into quite frequently, and this would happen when we would go around to different churches, but it also happened in our home church, is um, kind of what you were saying about trying to be the cool guy. Mm-hmm. Like um, what I would do is um, kind of in a, in, a, in a roundabout way, to, and I, I tried to make it not, obvious that I was trying to do this, but, um, you know, if somebody said something cool about their life, I would always try to, uh, one up them by saying, Oh, well in Africa, you know, this is what we do, or, you know, this is what I've experienced. Yep. Or even like if you're in a Sunday school or like a children's church environment and like, you know, people are like sharing testimonies or whatever, then you're like, you know, well, you know, praise the Lord that this happened to me. And it's not really a testimony. It's like actually you trying to you know, sound cool and, and, you know, kind of get everyone's attention and validation. So that was a yeah. trap that I found myself falling into sometimes. And uh, I think that's something that we have to be aware of um, in, you know, in general, but like, you know, as a missionary kid, it, that temptation will be there and it will be fed by people coming up to you and asking you about your life. And so you kind of think, wow, I'm something special. So, yeah. you know, it kind of gives me a license to, passively nonchalantly brag about some of these things. And so I think really just the key is to be submitted to the spirit of God. And just like you said, um, you're there to minister and you're there to glorify God. And so um, just kind of let that shine through in your life. And it'll, it's amazing. You know, a lot of times we're worried about what people will think about us and whether how well we'll be received. But if we have our mind in the right place, then God will take care of all of that and the people that he wants us to be friends with and be close to, he'll put in our lives and he'll kind of build those friendships as we are submitted to him. Yeah, definitely. um, Yeah. What you just said at the end there, asking God to lead you to the people. And if you really commit it to him, you know, pray that the Lord will give you wisdom on what to say, what not to say. He'll do that. He'll guard your tongue for you. And uh, he'll allow you to develop friendships with people and be able to minister to people and uh, as long as you have your focus on the right place, um, God will really come in and help you. Uh, and it is a hard thing transitioning back, I know. Um, and what Sean said, you know, on the field, you're always kind of the center of attention because you're the outsider, you're, you're different. And so you always are the center of attention in some way. Um, and then when you come back to the States, suddenly you're not. And so don't always crave for that attention. Um, when we don't have that attention, I think a lot of us get really insecure and uncomfortable because that's what we're used to. And then it's not there. Um, yeah, and, exactly. And then a couple of other practical things is that I've just kind of had to learn is 
when you come into like a youth group like that and you're not sure how to fit in, you're not really sure to how to relate. A big thing that helped me is that I've really had to learn is just watching my tongue. You know, Proverbs says that a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. Proverbs has a lot to say about not speaking when we don't need to speak. And that's right. really true. A lot of times we get ourselves into trouble because we're just, we ha- we think we have to say something. Um, don't. And if we don't say something, usually it turns out a lot better than if we had said something. And then the other thing, um, so number one, don't, don't speak unless you really have to. Um, that'll save you a lot of trouble when you're trying to fit into a new group. Um, and then secondly, be really observant, you know, look for people who do things well and try to mimic that. Like, somebody you know maybe there's somebody in the youth group that that knows how to put outfits together really well and you feel like man i don't know how to match my clothes or whatever well watch that person see how they do it and maybe if you can try to imitate that a little bit or you know your youth pastor or something if he if he's really good at interacting with other people just watch what he does that that it makes him really good and try imitating that in your own life you know just be observant and and that really helps you kind of fit in a little bit, you know, not focusing on trying to fit in and not focusing on trying to be cool. But it is helpful to kind of be observant and see, OK, this is how they do things. Let me try to do that as well. And perhaps also try to determine what aspects about the way people interact with each other are positive and what aspects are negative and mimic the positive sides, not in the sense that you're mimicking their personality, but you're mm-hmm. just trying to be more Christ-like. And if you see someone being Christ-like, you know, the Bible says that he's given Um, members of the church, different spiritual gifts. Well, perhaps one person's strong point is they do this really well. And so if they do this really well and God has given them that ability, then for you to kind of implement that into your own life will enhance, of course, uh, the way that you are able to be a blessing to other people. So that is, that is great. That's a good principle for ministry in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also you really could say um, that's a good principle to keep in mind um, when you're on the mission field, but that's yeah. a conversation for another time because that again, that you you could talk a long time about that. But that is a that is a great point. And um, for a, a missionary kid who you you have friends that you know that you have built relationships with over the years in your church. Some of them are your age. Some are a little older. Some might be younger. Um, and then all of a sudden to be away from them for for several years and then to come back. Um, they will be seeing you differently than they did three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like you were saying earlier, there things have happened in their life, things have happened in your life. And so really being observant and sensitive to um, them and being preferring of them in all things, um, I think will go a long way in reestablishing a positive relationship with your friends back in the United States. And then you can be a blessing to them. They can be a blessing to you. And even if you end up leaving again in, you know, in a few months and a year or so, then your memory of that time will be positive and not negative. I think a lot of missionary kids get a bad taste in their mouth when, you know, they, it's been a challenge and they experience some of these difficulties, they get a bad taste in their mouth and um, that can lead to some negative consequences later in life. But if you do your best to be the best that you can be for the Lord, and then that'll leave a positive experience in your mind, that'll leave a positive experience in their mind, and mm-hmm. the Lord will be honored through that. Any last yeah. comments or um, suggestion before we wrap up here? Yeah, just keep your eyes on the Lord. Always try to keep that ministry mindset. You know, it's not about you or it's not about me. It's about, you know, what's going to honor the Lord and 
you know, commit everything to him. If you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling unsure, insecure or whatever, commit that to the Lord really as you can and ask counsel, you know, feel free to talk to your mom and dad, express with them what you're going through and other people, older MKs or whatever. Amen. That's what I have. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. We're hoping Daniel gets back with us Mm. and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.